0: Hello, welcome to episode 79 of the Going Upstairs podcast from Opening Up Cricket. We have another of the pre-season series sessions here, the third of the 2022 series. And we have two people involved today, Paul Horton, former Lancashire and Leicestershire opening batter, and Ethan Bamber, Middlesex opening bowler. So the two of them look at their different perspectives from the point of view of what they do at the beginning of a game in cricket but what we found was there was some similarities and as we explored these themes further about mental well-being in cricket and how to deal with the setbacks we started to really get quite a captivating honesty that came out from both Paul and Ethan about how they see themselves how sport can distort our views of ourselves as well and really not to put too fine in a point on it. I think this is such a great episode. Uh, the two of them really do offer a lot of themselves to it. So I hope you enjoy it and let's go for it. Right, here we are, the third of the pre-season series sessions and we've got a focus on opening the innings. So we have joining me today, Ethan Bamber, who's going to look at this from a bowling perspective not to be too presumptive there Ethan to label you as a bowler Uh, and uh, equally Paul Horton's going to be looking at it from a, a batting perspective so I think the first one and if we start with Ethan here when we look at opening the innings what kind of things do you do in terms of planning or a routine to help you be in the right space mentally to get on with it from ball one
1: yeah, I, I think probably the first thing for me to say is that obviously I haven't played a huge amount of cricket and so it's still something I'm I'm really working out what works best for me. Uh, but I've definitely tried some different things. I think the fundamental thing for me is that I walk on feeling as prepared as possible. Um, and on a very basic level, that comes down to like my physical preparation, um, having the right fuel on board, hydration, all that kind of stuff. So I can then focus on the cricket because I find that hard enough. Um, I've experimented with kind of how much uh, research I guess you do into the opposition batters. I think particularly in four day cricket where I've um, had more of my albeit limited experience. um, It's often about just adapting, I think quite um, an already set game plan based around your strengths to the slight nuances or idiosyncrasies of, of other batters. So I think really for me, I try and get an understanding um, of what's going to be required on that pitch, what the conditions might do. Um, I have a little thought about how the the opposition might play, but really, I think um, I'm trying to focus on what I can do to influence the game. Um, in the past year, I've got lost in worrying too much about batters, and that's um, not not worked so well.
0: Okay, what differences or similarities are there from your experience, Paul?
2: I think it's really interesting what what Ethan says. I think we um, we focus on um, sometimes that balance of focusing on yeah the opposite number and what the bowler might do, but also adapting his strengths uh, and to the conditions of the of the batter facing against, but also the conditions given on that day. So he mentions about yeah discussing what he would. Look to do on that certain wicket at that certain time, um, and I think that's really interesting because, as a batter opening the rings you're trying to do the same thing: gather as much information as quickly as possible to work out a game plan quickly as an opening batter to then understand how you're going to execute and score runs against against Ethan's bowling as such or bowling in general. Um, the beauty of batting a little bit further down the order is you get a bit of cues after half an hour or an hour's play. So. You know there's feedback, the dressing room says it, the wicket's got a L or it's bouncing or whatever. So, I'm doing the same thing as Ethan is doing. Yes, I have an understanding of his bowling and his skill, but also I'm trying to adapt how I can combat that on any given surface at any at, at the start of an inning. So, it's I think for me, it's about you know, you got to be prepared and focused and understand what you're going to do, i.e., you give yourself the best preparation, but the understanding of the little Id- idiosyncrasies that Ethan talks about on the day against me or works the other way as a batter so I'm trying to adapt to see how much swing he's getting how much bounce he's getting how much pace is in the wicket and how am I going to adapt my strength in my game plan and my game to be able to combat what Ethan throws at me and that was sometimes unsuccessful even though he's been modest and he's he says he's only had a short experience he had a short enough time to get me out so um, and I also noticed, Mark, that you didn't apologise for just pigeonholing me as a batter only, so a bit disappointed about the introductions.
0: Yeah, I, I think I will um, regret that as the summer goes on, <laughs> <laughs> think about it. Um, so if we've got through the planning and the, the routine there, a big theme that came across when we did the first session with... Ollie Robinson was about expectations and how sometimes they can be problematic if you have unrealistic expectations. And he was talking about a mechanism of trying to ensure that his expectations sometimes are moderated if there is a difficult situation there. So uh, if we go back to Ethan, I know it really depends on the specific situation, but do you have a particular set of expectations or things that you're wanting to achieve when you have that new conquer in your hand and you're ready to go?
1: I have definitely, I think, been guilty of that. And I think everyone wants, you know, you want to run in that first ball and just feel like you're kind of floating and get that snap and sit, whistle through and just get the shape away and like keep a take it like that, which doesn't happen very often with me. And I think I've, I've always wanted to search for that and be like, if it's not there, what's going wrong? Why is it not happening? I think certainly last year and over this winter I've tried to really practice actually having only one expectation of myself which is like absolute commitment to what I decide to do to my process and what I decide to do and I know it's quite um it's quite a vogue thing to talk about like process not outcome but it really has helped me um, be able afterwards to then go back and and analyze more um more productively, I suppose, how I've actually gone because the outcome is so variable and expectations are so rarely lived out, I think. And actually, you know, the the, um, the way you expect a game to go so rarely happens um, that those expectations can be quite, or I found can be quite damaging to my kind of, um, how I view myself and my performance. So actually, if I can just judge it on the, on the on the process I've gone through. Then I know that's consistent every time, and I know that whatever ground I turn up at, whatever surface, my process is the same, and so I can I can judge whether I've actually gone well or, or poorly. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's, if it's a different thing from a batting perspective in terms of the pitch or the game situation comes maybe more into it. But.
2: Yeah, I think I, I think you're right with, it, with regards to the process. I always think that batting bowling is so as well, but batting is a Bit of a game of failure, really. Yeah, so is my expectation to score 100 as a professional batter? Or So that was what it was. So the times I managed to do that are very few and far between. So you have to then take away that and understand that at times you are going to you know, not score the volume of runs that you feel is warranted what you think is what you perceive as a as, as success. So you then have to package up differently. And, you, and you're right, getting back to your, your process and staying in your – your area, your zone of what you do in that moment is key to then trying to do it for longer. Um, and I think batting was key for that. And and when people have challenges, and I certainly had challenges of maybe a times. so, I, yeah, the, the age of people get out in the 90s sometimes. Now, they probably changed their mindset in the 90s because the 90s takes over to a degree. So I maybe softened in and around 30s and 40s and then on the back of scoring at 50 because I'd sort of relaxed maybe a bit too much because i 30 and 40, I thought I got in and I got a start and I started to get over the new ball. And then, you yeah, know, after getting a 50, maybe I then relaxed because I thought I'm playing well, I've scored a 50 and, I, and I'll start to, to kick on. And the, the guys who had most success when I played, no matter whether they're 150 or 15, seem to be in the same area as a, as a headspace and repeat the same movements and body language and focus. And, and I found that truly amazing. Um, Simon Kadich was one of the best I, I've seen at it. Yeah, he talked about you know getting the next ten, and that was the scoreboard. Um, and he could be 150. And he could have get that. He could get these next ten in three balls, and, and I was trying to get it in singles. But he never changed his viewpoint, and I, that was incredible. Um, so that the best performers, in my opinion, when I played, always managed to stay within that realm better than others did.
0: I reckon one of the things which if people watching and listening are in similar positions as as club players who open the bowling or the batting, it's often good intentions that we can set out with. Uh, and like you both mentioned, having a plan and, and having a set of things that you might go to. But often it's the setbacks, which are the things which require quite a lot of, uh, of resolve to deal with. Uh, I'll start with you, Horts, because the setback of getting out is much more impactful and like terminal than say being bought off from your spell in, in say an opening bowlers case. So as you just, I'm sorry to put you through this, but just to sort of imagine or visualize, you have got out and yeah, it might be quite early on and you're walking back up to the changing rooms. What is What was your way of being able to cope or deal with that?
2: I think I think there is no set way. There's a, I think people have different ways of coping with different things. For me, you, you always have that initial disappointment when you get out, whether you're getting out in the hallway, playing with your little boy and girl, or you're getting out in the garden or getting out in front of 15,000 people. I think that feeling of getting out from a batter is the same feeling how you deal with it is the rage of emotion that you go through and understanding that you need to give yourself time to process it like anything you do that is emotional in your life. I think initially you have that feeling of, you know, I wasn't out a lot of the time. That was me, maybe when I was L.P.W. a lot. Um, and then you have that feeling of, well, actually, did I do anything wrong? And then you, if you're really honest with yourself, you then isolate it and assess that maybe you did make some st- mistakes and you have to try and learn from that. Now that happens really quickly within a moment when you get out, um, and you have to try and process them and hold your nerve as much as possible, as best you can. But I think I think the point on yeah you know, we we're talking about starting the innings or starting batting or starting bowling. I think it's you can unravel yourself quickly more than the opposition can at times. So Ethan talks about you know, running in, getting that snap, getting it going through. What if he doesn't feel that? at the start. Where does he go to then mentally? He might not still be bowling okay. Where do I go to if I play and miss a little bit or if I play a bad shot or Ethan's bowling really well and I play and miss? It's that unravelling that you need to try and take care of within the game, I think, because you will have watched cricket and every club cricket watches cricket on a Saturday afternoon and you can almost get a feel when a batter is going to get out because they become unsettled, or they start to play different shots or they look to do something different. So I think... That happens faster in the game for you. So I think it's the unravelling of yourself that is is the key uh, to control. So for me, it's staying within, like I talked about, staying within your bubble or realm of repeating what your basic, you know, pre-delivery is as a bowler and batter and, and then understand the outcome will be different. And sometimes you'll get lucky and sometimes you won't. But if you stick in that all afternoon or half the afternoon, you'll get a few runs
0: what about this idea I uh, love the phrase of unraveling does that strike a chord with you there Ethan perhaps as a do you sense maybe when the spell might be coming to an end and you've not done what you want from it and you'll have a long time as well potentially then going off to field somewhere and someone might be doing what you wanted to do so how is that cope with, especially given you're actively in the game? You've got to be switched on for your fielding and your contributions there.
1: Yeah, I, I suppose it's something that I try and manage and do so with great distancy at points. I, I know the feeling, even as, as Paul was describing it there, um, and unraveling is, is, right, is such a good term. I can feel like if I if I don't think I've, I've done my job. My shoulders go up. I get tense. I can feel this like heat in my body. It's like pressure, and I try harder. And someone said to me, "It's a bit corny, but why try harder if you're already, already trying as hard as you can?" And I know that as soon as I try harder, all the things that I feel when I feel in a good place go away. And actually, one of the one of the main unravelings I've had, um, as I suppose, kind of trying to make my way in the game, is playing against people who. I see as as, as like very good. So people either with a great first-class record or a big name or have watched on TV. And I've found that and continue sometimes to find that really difficult, actually, to, to go back to the process we were talking about and not to let it get away. Because there's an example in a game see I was bowling someone who I knew was really aggressive and they had a really good... Um, you know, they're really good through the covers and then they hit me four through the covers and in my head I could feel like, oh no, here we go. Like, I knew this was going to happen. I bowl, I try and bowl full, he's good against people who bowl full, he's going to like, and all these things. And suddenly I've bowled five balls of an over and I haven't thought about one ball. And it's like, I don't know, just as Paul was describing it there, it was very, um, I could really feel feel that happening again. It's, it's a real thing to try and, you know, the people, I, th- I think you're right, the people who, who deal with it best are those who can bring themselves back to, to actually like their little area of land and what they can do and what they're in control of.
0: With this, we always speak about these things in cricket as what's Ethan going to do? What's Paul going to do? What's John from your club going to do? And I know it is a cliche, but I'm gonna have to repeat it. It, it, It's this thing of it being a team sport played by individuals. And I think in this space, we're always looking for any option we can find to make the team environment, perhaps another cliche, uh, that bit more uh, supportive. But how much of what you're doing, if I start with Horts, as an opening bat, yes, you do have a partner, how much can you have support and how much is really just left to to what you're going to be doing
2: um i think you as an opening batter sometimes your support is maybe after the event a lot of the time um your support into the game leads up and then you start the game uh, say 11 o'clock or whenever the game starts but i think once your role is over you have a you've maybe not scored any runs or you're out your role doesn't finish in regards to the team and the success in the dressing room, and, and you know, that the last thing the dressing room wants or needs is the opening banner to get out and come in and say, "Geez, good luck, lads. That's really bad, really hard work out there. It's seeming everywhere. It's bouncing, or he's bowling the speed of light." Now, that happens to a degree, but as an opening you've got to be conscious that the three guys you speak to when you walk in are the guys you'll get next in. So. Professional ballads can cope with it. You know, They're big enough boys to deal with it. But club cricket, if you walk in and you say the pro that they've got, who they already feel, who's already got an advantage, Ethan talks about with that unravelling because he's playing against, we're playing against an overseas fast bowler from Australia or a Pakistani left-arm spinner who's a brilliant bowler. That unravels before you start. So that fear unravels then. Then if I add to that and say, yeah, he's bowling really quick, um, you're going to get hurt. That speeds it up quickly for for the team in the dressing room. So uh, it does happen, but I think that's that's what you got to sort of understand that your role doesn't. You know, you, your role carries on when you go into the dressing room to support and communicate clear, good advice that will help the next batters going in to work out their game plan to combat what's coming down. And as a as an opposition, I always found the battle of You know, I'm a batter, Ethan's a bowler. It's a bit like a one-on-one duel. I'm looking for his slight crack in emotion or his tenseness and his for me to then get on top. We're both like swans scrambling underneath to try and hold in our emotions and our feelings and our nerves and anxiety. I'm trying to give him the impression I know what I'm doing as a batter. He's trying to give me the impression he knows where he's putting the ball and how to get me out, and we're both fighting with that. Once someone breaks down, then the other one tries to come through and and throw the counter-punches. You know, test cricket and first-class cricket is an example of two teams doing it over a long period of time. The best teams duel out for 12 rounds and then it's a draw. But the, the weaker teams hold for a certain time and then there'll be a moment in the game where the stronger team takes hold of the game and bang, bang, bang. Same as when, you know the teams now turn up to anfield as a football example they're expecting liverpool to dominate and to be they're scared of them already they're already losing the psychological battle because liverpool have created an aura the aura that Man had created for so many times, you know for so many years and that's you try and create that as a as a performer
0: it might be slightly different or in, or indeed in a lot of ways the same ethan as a bowler, you've perhaps got the benefit of the real time and the the unit that's there. But when you're at the top of your mark ready to bowl, I suppose you are just there pretty much on your own. How far do you manage to get that kind of support or a different perspective or anything to make it not so lonely when you're in your position?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, the people I've played with have always been fantastically supportive. I, I, I like having one experienced bowl or someone who I who I trust and can lean on and who knows me on and mid-on and mid-off, but it can feel very like lonely if, if it's not going how you want, I think. And my mindset or my outlook is often I I cocked it up, I've got to fix it. And I can go very like insular, Cless, so I sometimes don't think I take on that support as well as I might. Um, and I think it can it can I'm not sure, I, I find it maybe hard to to really engage with those other people in in the absolute moment. It might be at the end of an over or the end of a, a session when that really pays dividends. And I I think one, one of the things we've tried to do at Middle States as is, like, is actually practice it and practice talking to one another in training about what we're trying to work on, what we feel when we do well, so we can almost, like, Help each other with little cues because it is one thing that you get as a bowler that you don't get as a batter. It was his time and and another opportunity. I get a day in which I can be rubbish for two hours, but if I manage to just to tweak something or fix something, I can finish that day feeling really good. Whereas Paul could make one mistake or get unlucky in one sense, and that's that day done. And I think that's a, a benefit that you have being a bowler that you don't as a is about I think in both situations when you struggle you feel isolated but we're not actually isolated um, and remembering that is I think something important I don't know if that's the answer to the question at all actually
0: no no that's absolutely great and I think this leads us to the recurrent theme and the one which ties all of this together everything that, that you two have mentioned if we took cricket context out of it it can be applied to other areas of of our lives and part of this continuum of mental health is that it doesn't just exist when there's problems or things that are of a clinical nature or just the, the the side of things where there's struggles it's also about that side of the fitness and trying to stretch ourselves and and of course everything in the middle but it hinges on the the quality of the conversations that we have and i guess people feeling that they're able to have the permission to Be vulnerable to ask for help. This is probably not so much specific to the opening, the batting, and opening the bowling, but we can place it in that context. Um, Hort, if we go to you for this, where was where for you was that 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 sweet spot of being able to ask for some help, whether it be feedback with the with what's going on. But also feeling like you're not going to be judged for it, and it's not going to be
2: a sort of black mark against your name. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a really, on, it's a real good question. I think in professional cricketers and professional sportsmen, I think it's it's still an ongoing battle. That I think it's very hard at times to maybe go to your coach or, and your boss and your captain and say, I don't think I'm very good at. It batting in this position or I don't think I'm hitting the ball very well or I don't think I'm very good at doing X. When they all they all you try and do, I think initially in times and in training is prove to them that you want a place in a team. So I think that that comes down to the environment being being safe enough for people and individuals to be open enough to say, you know, I'm struggling with this or I'm struggling with the ball a little bit or I'm not feeling it as such with the batting or yeah, you know, I don't really – I'm not comfortable. And that is a very hard thing to find um, and get. Um, and I struggled with it the first part of my career um, because I was trying to prove myself a little bit like Ethan. He's trying to prove to you know, the Middlesex coaches and the captain that he warrants a place in the team. So it can be maybe uncomfortable at times to say, you know what, it's not really, really feeling that well. It's not really feeling great. The ball isn't feeling great in my hand at the moment. I, you know, try and support me through this or I want to work on this or – opening yourself up like that can feel vulnerable, I think, at times, especially when you want to continue to take opportunities and play. So that balance, I think, is hard to find. Um, what I find in my experience of club cricket is I think that we put almost so much pressure on ourselves as amateur cricketers to play on a Saturday afternoon when we train for a couple of hours a week and we give up our time on a Saturday afternoon um, and expect you know ultra-performances. Uh, when we're there for other things as well as winning games of cricket but to enjoy the afternoon and to play a beautiful game that cricket is and, and all them things so I've been astounded at the pressure that they built on, on club cricketers to perform um, through their keenness um, to do well and I think they miss the, the bigger picture at times like Ethan I don't know if I answered your question
0: well no no it's it's all good um Ethan what about about you because I know when I've spoken with Paul before, there's been, of course, in the game and in society, a change from perhaps the beginning of his career to towards the end. Um, where Where is it for you in terms of finding a way to, for want of a better term, put, put your hand up and say, actually, this isn't quite working for me, whether that be cricket or feeling uh, something else which is not necessarily related to the game?
1: Yeah, I think um I feel fortunate to have kind of entered the game at a point where this is a much more talked about subject. I, I know we've had conversations in the past that I still I still feel it's it's discussed on a um, superficial level within many sports changing rooms and not you know it's, it's still reacted to rather than prevented. Um, and it's still almost like, oh, he's struggling. Well it's good he said something, but um just go over there and then you come back when you're fixed. Um and I think maybe the hangover of, of a long time when this wasn't something that could be openly spoken about has meant that there is a feeling within sports people, particularly um, that there has to be a front, that the person on the pitch has to be the person off the pitch. Um, and I definitely, um, a couple of years ago, when I was having a difficult time, thought that I had to push through. And like that actually the answer lay in hard work or, you know, I, as again, I'd created it so I can fix it. And I don't know, I suppose someone helped me to kind of take a, a leap of faith and talk to someone who I wouldn't have normally spoken to. And I was absolutely dreading that conversation. And their reaction to it was not any of the things I had feared, but it was actually one of real empathy. And um, they listened and the weight that I felt having, having kind of um, revealed that almost was like a kind of lip taking a cape off. So that's taught, I suppose what that's taught me is that in those situations when I'm not sure, I know which side I want to err on, I'd rather overshare in that situation to someone who I trusted. Um, because I think having experienced what I did I would rather I would rather not be a cricketer than experience that again, if that makes sense. So if if I spoke to a coach and they sacked me because I spoke to them about it, after all the upset and disappointment and frustration, I think I would still do it again. Because I yeah, I I'm slightly going around in circles, but I hope I've expressed my point clearly. So I don't think it's an easy thing, but I think through experience and hopefully there's people there who you can talk to um maybe it's not quite as uh it's never quite as bad as you think it might be in your head before you have a conversation
0: yeah couldn't agree more two more things um one of them is around a a theme which i know ethan we've discussed a bit before and i'm sure we will have done over the years paul um and it's around this this thing of identity and i've fell into the trap here because this session this evening um we're recording it and we're billing it as someone who is an opening bowler, as someone who is an opening batter. And applying these labels are quite convenient to help identify who people are and what they're talking about. But consistently, we see with professional sport that a lot of self-worth and, and esteem can be attached to how well someone has done in their job. And I suppose it extends into other places as well, if you're a teacher, a lawyer, a doctor, a, a retail assistant, whatever you do for a living. So what is there that you've, I suppose, learned about how to try and not make your identity all about being that person, that sports person? And I suppose really, without um, without putting you on the spot too much, Hortz, as someone now who is in that period after Having been that opening batter, being the ex-professional player,
2: yeah, I think I think it's a it's a really good point, and I, and I think it's something that you when you leave the game, it can is a real challenge, um, and I never thought it would be um, to the degree to to the degree it is. Um, so. You, I was. You are known as the the cricketer, or the player you were, and then and that and that when that is taken away, or you're no longer that guy. You are just like all the other guys who played the game. You just are a cricketer who had a name and a, and a load of numbers next to them. Some guys have better numbers and bigger numbers than you, but and ultimately you just have certain numbers and they have certain numbers next to you. So statistics. So your identity is then. Yeah, you, know, you can then struggle with that identity. I think, and I'm struggling with that uh, as I as my transitional phase out of the game. So I think what you need to realise when you're going on, and I struggled with this a lot. Um, I think within my career was, yeah, cricket became and your profession is huge for you. It becomes you. You become Ethan the bowler or Paul the cricketer. And that's every day, that's day in, day out. Yeah, you know, when there is more to life than that because you are Ethan the son, you you, you might have brothers and sisters. You know, I became a father later on in my career, um, right at the back end. Um, And and in hindsight, I would have probably been a better cricketer if I'd have become a father earlier because I would have realized there was more to existence and life than scoring runs and winning games of cricket. Um, So, you know, what you can be as a father or a friend or as a, you know, cousin, all of them things is what your real identity is to you as a person, whether you're a good bowler, batter, wicker keeper, doctor, lawyer, doesn't really matter. It's what you are inside and your values, um, and that's something that I've only learnt later on.
0: So, Ethan, I suppose the, the pressure is on you to, to learn it earlier or take some of that from w- what goes on around you. How do you find that balance? And we did speak about this, I think, when you were on the podcast about sort of switching off from cricket linked to identity. How much of that is a challenge for you?
1: Well, I think, I mean, I don't think it could be expressed better than, than Paul has there, but it's it is it's, it's a difficult thing and I think um yeah obviously we've we've spoken about it and I think people coming through in my position and, I, and I said it in answer to the last question but we are better placed because of the because of the generosity of people like Paul and former players who are now talking about their experiences I think it is putting younger players and people coming into the game in, it, in an environment where that is something that they are conscious of and that the clubs are conscious of. Um, I think it gets a bit kind of glib and token when people say, oh, you need interest outside the game, because actually I think Paul touched on it better, which is not so much about interest outside the game, but values within the person. And um, for me, I again, it's something I continue to to kind of deal with on a daily basis when I come back in the door, after having had a terrible training session or a great training session, can I be the same person to my parents, my brother, my girlfriend, my friends? And actually, I think one of the things that's helped me is trying to establish a network of people who are really important to you and who you trust and who trust you. And I don't have many friends, but I've got some very close friends. And if I go out for coffee with them or whatever, and they ask, how are you? They don't ask how my scene position is whether I'm getting my front arm in line, they genuinely mean how am I? And that is often quite a refreshing experience and one that I've I've actually tried to kind of schedule in more of those more more of those kind of appointments, I guess, even though that's not very nice way of saying it. Because it keeps that perspective. Um, I mean it's, it's something we care about, so you're gonna take it home with you. But I think anything you can do just to shift the balance a little bit. So that doesn't drift into every aspect of your life is, is an important one, maybe.
0: Yeah, lovely guys. And the final one, one route that we found has quite a lot of value for people in terms of engaging with mental well-being and mental fitness through cricket is... Not that just being reactive to problems, but in actual fact, thinking about the other side of the mental skills and things that can potentially make someone a better player, but give skills that can be transferred into other areas of your life. So I'm just going to ask both of you, is there something which, even if it be a little technique or something as a philosophy or just a a little nugget that you would like to, have told yourself at the start of your career that worked for you as it went along and obviously we've got two different perspectives there so I don't know, be quite interesting as a point of comparison so if we go to you Hortz, what would there be from the the guy who was there as the senior pro telling a younger version of yourself at the beginning of the journey?
2: Uh, good question um I I think if I if I had that again I would I would tell a younger version of me two things, that um, it doesn't matter as much as I thought it mattered. would be the first thing. And the second thing would be um, don't hide away from who I really am. So I think in environments and sporting teams, we try to be a little bit of what we think the team requires or needs, or what is favourable, or or how it's perceived. And I think sometimes you spend a bit of time trying not to be true and honest to yourself and how you operate and what you are and what you like and what your values are. And I certainly went through that um, in the early stages of my my career in a quite a strong, well-established, intimidating language dressing room. I would say at times um, that search for you know being what. I thought they wanted me to be and behave like when really, you know, when you start to just be in yourself, it's much easier.
0: Ethan, how about you?
1: Well, thank you for giving me a bit of time to think, firstly. And um, I mean, it is pretty, I think it is pretty similar. Obviously, I'm still kind of discovering bits on that journey, but one would definitely be to hold it a little less tightly. I think, like, reflecting on some of my early experiences, I I think I felt I had to try so hard and want it so badly and get it so right. That actually, I don't remember a lot of them, but I do remember a physical feeling of a lot of tension. And so that that would be one. Because, yeah. Um, and the other one would really be... Uh, I think it would be be yourself again, lean into it more. Um, which in the last two years, um, I, I've tried to do a little bit more, and it's just a lot less a lot less tiring. And you know, it's difficult enough trying to perform in front of people and push yourself and compete with your teammates and be a good teammate. That they are things that all take your energy and all the things outside cricket that we've just spoken about. And if you're wearing a cloak. At the same time or a mask then you know that's another thing to try and to try and grapple with Um, so yeah and actually the reaction of people is not normally as bad as you think deep down they may like think it's a bit quirky at the start but i like coffees i like musicals i don't really like drinking and people don't really care that much i've realized and i thought they would a lot at the start Um, and so I'm grateful to, to those people for, for allowing me to realise that because it's been quite refreshing.
0: Yeah, that's a great place to finish. Thank you very much, both of you, for your time and also your your honesty there. I think whether it's cricket, another sport or something else, loads of things that people can listen to and, and really reflect. And it's made me think, particularly those things you've said at the end about how you see yourself and how you fit in and definitely that element of maybe sometimes wanting something so much uh, even as more of a administrator in cricket as my perspective you can, i can fall into that trap as well of wanting to make sure those things and gripping it so tightly that actually you you, you do the opposite of what you're wanting so yeah plenty to think on there from there so i'll uh, wish you both a good evening thanks for your time see you soon
2: cheers